0: My wife Sarah was born in Canada to American parents, but when she was an infant, her family moved back to upstate New York. And because she is the youngest of all the siblings, her older brothers and sister are more or less Canadian, depending on birth order. And some of them have claimed Canada as their home. So I have a lot of in-laws who are Canadian. And Sarah, growing up on the border of the two countries, uh, went back and actually did college there and has good friends back up there. My only experience personally of going to Canada was once many years ago when she and I were dating. And I'll never forget the experience. We got picked up at the airport and brought to somebody's home and we met person after person, friendly and welcoming and so nice. All except for when a certain topic would come up and of course that being the topic of the united states i don't even remember what was going on in the world at that moment but i do remember the finger wagging experience and being on the receiving end of that and i can understand the views and the wagging of the fingers but also as an american i can also understand that there are qualities in our country that remain at the core even when we don't live up to those better qualities and higher ideals. There is a concept in philosophy of what is essential and what is existential. Meaning what is existential is what exists. It is what has become manifest. It's how something is being lived out, how it has become real in its actualization. But then there's this other quality the essential the core what that thing is whether it be a community or a being what it is at its truest level there was a podcast that i heard recently with our presiding bishop michael curry interviewing richard Rohr, who is a beloved franciscan priest and teacher and the conversation started out where curry asked Father Rohr how things were going for him, especially during this time of coronavirus. And Richard Rohr, of course, is a monastic. And so he has a little bit of an advantage than most do. For him, this is a time of being quiet, which is something that monks already are doing. He said, what an invitation this could be at its best for many of us to pare away all those other things that distract us and pull us away. And then we can find that deeper ground of ourselves. And he says, where that deeper ground of self is located, if we can get to that point, that's where we find God. After all, we were created in God's image. That is our essential place. So the readings that we heard today are the readings for Independence Day. And what we hear in these readings are where Jesus is teaching, and this is part of the Sermon of the Mount. And he says, you have heard it said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. By the way, it never says that in scripture, hate your enemies. You can go through the Hebrew Bible and it's not there, but maybe what Jesus was saying was remarking on what was being spoken by the people of his day. Maybe that was the interpretation. If the Bible says, love your neighbors, it means then you can hate your enemies. But he says, no, I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Have you ever tried praying for a person who persecutes you or who is your enemy, who is on the other side of you than something? Not only is is this a spiritual invitation for us, I promise if you try it, you will be changed. And that person may be changed as well. Isn't it interesting that we so often have this tendency to compare the best of ourselves to the worst of others? We're being invited to a higher plan. And this harkens back to the earlier lesson from Deuteronomy, which says, to love the stranger, and to remember that you too were strangers in a strange land, in the land of the Egyptians. And Jesus brings all of it back. At the end of his teaching here, he says, be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. That word perfect isn't the best word to convey the meaning, because you may be thinking it means get all A's, do everything right. He's talking about completion. He's talking about maturity. He's talking about returning to the essence in which we had been born at one time and perhaps something that we have left. As Richard Rohr would say, it's a time for winnowing away all those distractions and things that divide us and get in our way so that we can get back to the core where we were called The United States, when I look at our nation, nation, I recognize that our country is in a hard place right now. And yet I still see hope and goodness in the people here. I still see hearts that have the capacity to welcome strangers, to reach across divides, to be generous, to be loving. I have seen it, I hope you have seen it too. It is there it can be reclaimed as the defining note and not something that we hearken back to. And I pray to God for us to be brought back from this existential version of who we often live our lives out as a nation being and back to our essential and who God would call us to be. And perhaps where we really find that faith and civic life do have ways of speaking to each other. The great preacher William Sloan Coffin observed that the Founding Fathers, when they were framing the country, were looking to the thought of Montesquieu. And Montesquieu observed that different forms of government take different forms of motivation. A despotic system, for example, runs because of fear. A monarchy runs because of honor. A democracy runs because of virtue. This is our call, to return to virtue as individuals, as a society, as a country. And this, I believe, is the best way for our faith and our civic life really to teach one another. We're invited to winnow away all those distractions and divisions in return to our true home, to love, to serve, to welcome, to forgive, and to heal. Amen.